number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer. I'm glad you're here. Happy Friday, December 9th, or maybe you're catching this on Saturday morning, December 10th. Uh, One final show for you guys this week to kind of guide us into another weekend full of wrestling. Got uh, a lot of high school action taking place around the state. Council Bluffs Classic going on. I know Johnston's hosting a really big tournament with some Class 3A heavy hitters. Going to keep an eye on all of that. College uh, season rolls on. Iowa's going to wrestle UT Chattanooga at Chattanooga. Um, So they're going to be on the road. That duel's Saturday evening. Um, Also got the UNI Open taking place in Cedar Falls this weekend. Iowa, Iowa State, and Northern Iowa wrestlers are all going to be up there. But I'm going to be here in Coralville at Extreme Arena for the UWW Men's and Women's Freestyle World Cup competitions. International Dual Meet Style Championship competitions. Going to be a lot of fun. A ton of world-class wrestlers going to be um, right here in Iowa, once again, the World Cup uh, previously here in 2008, Team USA men's freestyle rolled to uh, their first team title, World Cup team title since 2003. Um, see if the men's can uh, climb back on top here this weekend. Women's freestyle here for the first time ever in the United States, and it just so happens that they will be running alongside the men's for the first time ever. Really, really cool deal for um, you know the continued push for girls and women's wrestling, uh, just the continued growth of that movement. So really awesome. Another milestone here. Kudos to the folks at Think Iowa City for continuing to uh, show a commitment to the continued growth of girls and women's wrestling, not just here in Iowa, but obviously uh, on a national and international stage as well. Because um, there's going to be 19 different countries here that are represented, right? You've got the obvious teams, Team USA, um, in both men's and women's freestyle divisions, the, in men's freestyle, you've also got Iran, Japan, Mongolia, Georgia, and then an all-world team to make up the six-team women's freestyle. You've got Japan, United States, China, Mongolia, Ukraine, and then another all-world team. So 19 total countries represented here. Um, you know, I counted up as many as 15 senior-level world champs, 40-plus uh, senior-level world medalists. Um, you know, another 10 to 15 age level world champions and, you know, probably another 10 or so age level world medalist. A lot of high level wrestling going to be here um, in Coralville all weekend. I encourage you guys to, to snag tickets and get out here to watch some high, high level wrestling, world class wrestling. If you haven't already or if you're looking for something to do this weekend, come on out to Extreme Arena. It's going to be a really awesome event. Um, going to operate in the same way as the Soccer World Cup, right? You got group stage. Um, only six teams here, so you're going to do you know two separate three team round robins, um, and then obviously the teams that win those uh, you know win those group will come out and wrestle for first. Teams that finish second will come out and wrestle for third. Those placement duels will be on Sunday, so it's going to be a long day of wrestling on Saturday with a lot of group stage stuff, um, ton of wrestling to keep track of across the state. But that's where I'm going to be, and uh, to finally walk us into the weekend, uh, got a couple of uh, interviews here, just interviews that I picked up over the week. Um, with uh, both Iowa-related, both Hawkeye-related interviews. Going to open with this first one, though, with uh, Iowa women's head coach Clarissa Chun. Um, was able to kind of talk to her a little bit about, um, you know, just kind of what it means to have the, the Women's World Cup here in the United States, what it means to have the men's and the women's World Cup competitions 
run side by side for the first time ever. Got to pick her brain about that. She was actually on one of the first, I believe, uh, World Cup teams for the United States for women's freestyle. Um, still a very relatively new development when it comes to girls and, and women's wrestling. Just the, the idea of a women's freestyle World Cup. Um, you know, got to pick her brain a little bit about that. And then we also got to talk to uh, Felicity Taylor, who is on the U.S. Women's Freestyle World Cup team this this weekend. She was on the uh, she's second on the senior ladder, right? And um, because of that, because she was age eligible, that's why she was able to raise her hand and go to the U23 World Championships this past summer, where she took fifth. Um, now she's the leadoff rep for Team USA this weekend at 53 kilograms. So really cool to have you know not just an Iowa Hawkeye um, going to be representing the red, white, and blue, but also an Iowa native, right? South Winnesee graduate, Spillville native. Um, going to be really cool to, um, you know, see her compete. So we got to talk to Clarissa, got to talk to Felicity. Um, that's the first part of today's show. Second part of today's show, we're going to hear from Iowa coach Tom Brands. Um, got to talk to him a little bit about the Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State duel now that he's gotten to, you know, refresh a little bit um, after that Cyhawk duel, very heated, very intense Cyhawk duel that Iowa obviously won 18-15. Um, also looked ahead a little bit to the Chattanooga duel on Saturday. And then I asked him a couple questions at the end. Um, just about the World Cup, what it means to have it here, and, and what it means to, to have a group like Think Iowa City led by uh, uh, Josh Schomberger, and just you know a group like that that continues to bring high-level wrestling events to the Iowa City Coralville area, um, you know, an area that they lovingly refer to as Wrestling Town USA. So a uh, very quick and easy show here today, um, 30, 40-ish minutes, if that. Um, so we'll start with Clarissa and Felicity, and then we'll uh, jump to Tom on the other side. So hope you guys enjoy today's show. Um, and uh, hope you get out and enjoy some wrestling this weekend, whether it's in Cedar Falls, whether it's uh, a high school event somewhere, or hope to see plenty of you guys at Extreme Arena as well. So we'll start with Clarissa and Felicity, and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Um, hello, everyone. I'm super excited that the world is coming to Iowa City, Coralville. Um, what a special event we have this weekend with the World Cup being in our backyard of the University of Iowa. Um, and more importantly, that Felicity Taylor gets to compete and put on a, a performance on the world stage. Um, yeah, super excited. Okay, we'll go ahead and open for questions. Please raise your hand in the participant window. Um, Cody, you can go ahead. Um, hey, Coach. I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were on um, having the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup running alongside each other at the same time. This seems like a really cool opportunity um, at, at, for wrestling as a whole, but especially for for the women. Uh, do What do you think about the, the setup this year? I love it. I love it. Um, I know they said that it's never happened before. It's never happened where men and women's freestyle were side by side. Um, I will say I was on the very first women's world cup team, maybe coach or coach. I'm so used to coach Gary may sorry, Gary Abbott might know <laughs> that in 2001, the first women's world cup was in level sprints. Maybe I said that town wrong, um, but we were alongside men's Greco and that was awesome because, you know, you know, we sent team USA had both men and women, and you could cheer each other on. And that's what's so fun about it. It's a world event. Um, anytime we can bring all styles together is always an exciting time because wrestling is wrestling and we love wrestling, whether it's male, female, Greco or whatnot. So um, really excited to have 
the men and women competing alongside each other because there was a time or I mean, it hasn't happened in 21 years. So. And uh, I know girls, women's wrestling at all levels has skyrocketed in, in recent years and we've seen it at every level and, and especially here at Iowa, the the opportunity to bring the world cup, the women's world cup specifically to the U S and to a, you know, an area that really loves wrestling. What can that do for women's wrestling and girls wrestling and, and just the movement as a whole? Like, what do you think the, the after effects of this weekend could be for, for that movement? Oh man, it's, it's the visibility, right? It's young girls seeing, um, like senior athletes on the world stage, being able to dream and strive for opportunities like that to get on the world stage. Um, so it's huge. It's huge um, to see the young, the the growth of the sport. And um, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity that it's in the backyard here um, because I, I love it, you know, like having, I don't know how many teams we have in total. We have six, right? teams but we've got countries from the all world country like team and you know like people get excited about the world cup france is in right now they're not in the world cup canada's coming in they're not in the world cup um just like it means a lot you know in the world of wrestling and um you get that with the growth of girls wrestling and women's wrestling and you're just getting this amazing like trajectory where it's going to be a cross point right here in Iowa. And for the people who love, breathe, eat, sleep, wrestling, <laughs> it's, it's in, embedded and ingrained in this state. So. Uh, sorry, KJP. Uh, yeah, Clarissa, uh, what's it mean to have Felicity there representing the university of Iowa, especially since you know, she's from Eastern Iowa uh, originally. What's that mean? And what kind of opportunity is in front of her, um, you know, representing the United States in an event like this? Yeah, this is everything we want in the program, right? We want to keep them local if we can, right? Um, I I hear every everyone, every girl, every boy wants to grow up being a Hawkeye, right? Not that other school schools in Iowa. I don't know. That's, that's the saying I hear. Um, I'm not from Iowa, so I don't know that, but shoot, I wanted to be a Hawkeye and I wasn't from Iowa. So it's for like, personally, I it was important to have Felicity be a, a part of the university of Iowa program. Um, one, cause she's a great role model. You know, she led the way in girls wrestling in the state of Iowa at a high school level. Sue, she's a great leader. You know, she comes from a hardworking family. And the fact that she's been on program at McKendry where they've won national titles, you know, and for her to come to the University of Iowa was huge. It's a huge win for for us and hopefully a huge win for her being back home. Bring her back home. And, you know, she's, you know, everyone that's on this program wants world and Olympic aspirations. And that's the next step, right? Winning college national titles for the University of Iowa, but also representing the red, white, and blue on the world stage. And yeah, you know, moving forward, we're, we're looking, we've started our own Hawkeye Women's Wrestling Club. So, you know, that's the talk about, you know, her being that first athlete representing the Hawkeye Women's Wrestling Club. So we're, we're getting things rolling and yeah, super excited. 
I'm Gary. Yeah, um, Clarissa, I, I know that the fans in Iowa have seen some high-level women's wrestling with the uh, Olympic trials being held there twice, but um, this is an opportunity for them to actually have someone to root for. Uh, one of the Hawkeye wrestlers are going to be competing. Um, could you talk a little bit about uh, what this will mean to expose people to not only one of your athletes, but the freestyle wrestling, which is the collegiate style for women? Yeah, um, I think that um, I would say maybe most people in like overall may or may not know that woman co collegiate wrestling is freestyle. So it is a great opportunity to have the people in the stands see what freestyle looks like. Yes, you know, Olympic trials was in Carver and, you know, People get excited to watch their own, you know, in in their own like arena. Um, so for Felicity be to be able to compete, it's it's kind of like a look, a peek into what's going on here in Carver, what's going on here on the campus of University of Iowa. So, you know, it, it's oh it's a redshirt year. So I get a lot of questions about when can we see your woman wrestle? When can we see your woman wrestle? When are they going to wrestle? Where's the schedule? Can we come watch them? Yes. December 10th and 11th, World Cup, Extreme Arena. December 29th and 30th, Soldier Salute, Extreme Arena. You know, so that's kind of like a sneak peek, you know, on a tournament. Well, the World Cup is dual tournament style, you know, so um they just love wrestling and I love that they love it. And um, I obviously I'm biased to freestyle. So I just tell people in the stands of Carver that freestyle is more exciting. So come watch us. So <laughs> um, Cody. Yeah, coach, I'm curious. What do you remember about that first uh, World Cup that, that you guys attended way back when? Um, I remember like this is cool. Um, I 2001. So I was 20 years old um, and hadn't wrestled in a dual style tournament um, since high school. Right. So it was I was still young and new to wrestling. So I was pretty in awe of of the teams that were there. You know, it was Japan, of course, you know, and then um, Russia, you know, us, I believe China was there. Um, I remember Greco was there and it was, you know, like Kevin Bracken, you know, those guys um, like Jeff Cerrone, like, so, you know, that was what was cool because it was the camaraderie amongst like the athletes getting to know each other. Um, because we're sharing the same space, right. And competing in the same space. Um, yeah, I, you know, back then world championships, you know, women were on their own, men were on their own. And it wasn't until I believe it was 2001 in Sofia, Bulgaria. Was that correct? Gary Abbott, that they had men and women's world championships together but prior to that world champ women were on their own you know so we i remember 2000 world championships it was in a gymnasium that looked like a high school gym 
you know, and that was the world championships. So um, it just leveled up those, the, just the sport and just the, as an event, you know? Um, and I think it's, it's a great idea to keep it together. And you just, instead of having multiple events all around the world, you know, is just bring them together. Let's see who are the top teams and, you know, in the world. So I don't know. I like it. AJ. Uh, a couple questions. One on, uh, you know, in 2013, when wrestling kind of um, had its Olympic standing uh, threatened a little bit, one of the calls at the time was for it to be more inclusive. And, you know, now that you see how far wrestling has come, do you think, you know, this World Cup event is kind of a an example of just how how far wrestling has made strides in that area since then? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I would say that was almost what? That was almost 10 years ago, right? Um, I mean, in the state of Iowa, there are probably a handful of girls that wrestled, you know, across sprinkled across the state now. And that's not, and that's, I would say that for most states, right. Um, just the trajectory of the growth of the sport, right. Um, just like opportunities and whatnot that are opening up for these young girls. Um, yeah. And now there's thousands of girls in the States and um, competing in girls wrestling, but sorry, KJ, I think I brain farted on if I'm answering your question. <laughs> but <laughs> on- just, just with the world <laughs> cup being, you know, men's and women's on the same stage at the same time, it, it shows how far they've kind of come over the decade when, you know, uh, that maybe wasn't the case when they were kind of maybe on the outside, possibly losing their Olympic standing. Yeah. You know, and like, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's been more support in that, right. More support for young girls to share the same space as the men, you know, for women to share the same space as the men. I don't like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to go into how back in the day, (laughs) you know, when, I was an athlete kind of thing. That makes me sound old, right? But like, yeah, you know, um, the acceptance of being a female wrestler was different, you know, I feel like. Um, And this is just, you know, the world is ready to say, hey, girls can wrestle too. Let these women wrestle. And it's going to continue to blow up because what's good for the men is good for the women, right? It's, there's, we it's yeah it's a sport for all that's for sure and then with felicity what makes her such a strong competitor what what makes her successful i i think she's strong and flexible and she knows what she wants you know when she gets on the mat and she's a competitor she's competitive so i think she's going to do a lot of great things on the world stage and yeah it's about letting her shine you know, letting herself shine out there. All right. Well, uh, take one more question before we move on to Felicity. Um, Kelby. 
Hi, thanks, Coach, for taking the time to do this. Um, kind of a, a little two-parter here. How excited are the athletes to be on this stage right next to the men? Like, how excited are they to be pumped up to be this stage? And how are you as coaches sort of also kind of tapering their emotions a little bit so it doesn't get kind of the best of them here in this kind of a, a stage that they probably haven't been on before? You know, I think it, at the end of the day, it's like taking care of business, right? Like not letting it overwhelm them in the sense of, oh gosh, we get to compete alongside each other. Because, you know, at the world championships that happens, but not on a dual tournament level. Um, so really it's just, they're professionals. They're professional athletes and they handle business in that way. So they're going to go out there, do what they do, right? Do what they do best, you know, and let that take care of itself. You know, if you... Um, if the individual athlete just takes care of what's in front of them, they'll take care of what's needed for the team. Right. So, um, I think it would, it's just like a fun environment, you know, being a part of a dual team, um, and then cheering your teammates on, like watching it one after another, right. Instead of like running across the mats and finding the mats, like a tournament style. Um, yeah. So that's, that's what I think. Awesome. Thanks, Clarissa. Thank you. Hi, Felicity. Um, we'll go ahead and just uh, head into questions for you. So anyone that has a question, please raise your hand in the participant window. Uh, Cody, go ahead. Uh, we'll start with an easy one. What's your uh, overall excitement level just for this weekend and getting ready to rep USA again? Yeah, I'm really excited. It's a, an amazing opportunity to be a part of this team and to be able to do it in Iowa City is even better. So I'm excited. I'm ready to compete. I'm ready to show the world, show Iowa City um, what Iowa women's wrestling looks like and um, where we're at. Kelby? Hey, Felicity. Um just real quick, I'm from Monona, Iowa, so this is like super awesome to be seeing somebody locally wrestling on this kind of stage. Can we expect a big showing from the Southwind Faithful and kind of the Northeast Iowa part to come watch you compete? I sure hope so. I know a lot of my family from around there is coming, so um, it's a great opportunity for, you know, Northeast Iowa and just anyone in Iowa to come out and watch. Sorry, KJ, did you have a question? Uh, yeah. Uh, Felicity, you know, when you first started wrestling at, at Southwind, you know, representing the United States, was that ever an aspiration when you first started? And uh, when did that become something that seemed like a tangible goal and, and something that you really started to, to kind of strive for? Yeah, when I first started, it was just to stay active for cross country and track. So it was never a goal of mine to um, be at this level and competing for Team USA. Um, as my career went on and I got to probably my junior year, I got more exposed to women's wrestling and was going to more of the national events. And that's when I kind of made it a goal to make it as far as I can with the sport. Um that's when I started going to Folk Style Nationals, Fargo, and all of that. So 
I would say about my junior junior year of high school is when I started getting more serious about it and um, striving for those goals to be on Team USA and stuff. Um, Cody, you can go ahead. Yeah, I know we've we you and I have talked plenty about this. Um, just the continued growth of girls and women's wrestling, and um, you know, bringing an event like this to to Coralville. There's been you know national championships and world team trial events. Um, but what what do you feel like this event, this international event, could do for um, you know that continued movement? Um, you know, not just nationally and internationally, but even here in Iowa. Yeah, I think Clarissa spoke about it a little bit, but just like the exposure to this high level wrestling, um, I don't think I watched any like senior level wrestling until I was competing in it. So just allowing those girls in high school and all the girls around Iowa, even middle school and um, younger elementary to have that exposure and the opportunity to be able to watch wrestling at the highest level is awesome. And yeah, it's great to be able to have it here and local, um, especially with Iowa just sanctioning women's wrestling in high school. So it's a great opportunity for all the girls. Okay, Gary, you can go ahead. Yeah, Felicity, I'm just curious how how your um, preparation has been going. I, I know the the group went down and competed in the Missouri Valley tournament and um how, how is your uh, wrestling going right now? I mean, you're going to have some really high-level athletes in your weight class that you're going to have to wrestle. So uh, is it uh, in a spot where you feel real comfortable about going out there and showing your best? Yeah, I feel like training doesn't change up too much. It's just another tournament. Yes, it's a higher-level tournament, but at the end of the day, it's um, I like to just get to my stuff and do what I do best. So. Uh, I wouldn't say training changes much, maybe uh, working specific positions of the competitors that I'll have, but mainly sticking to what I know and what I do best is what's going to win me matches this weekend. Um, Kenna? Um, the Iowa men's wrestling team has had a few, few duels in Carver so far, and the women's team has been introduced how would you describe the Carver atmosphere and just the Hawkeye fans? And um, what are you like most excited about to um, for the upcoming season and getting to wrestle in Carver? Yeah, the Iowa fans are like no other fans. They're awesome and wild and you definitely hear them no matter what. So I'm just excited to be there and uh, being able to wear an Iowa singlet and be in that environment. Um, definitely just focusing on my match. I know it could probably be a little bit overwhelming, but uh, it's going to be awesome. And I'm super excited to be able to compete in Carver next year. Always great catching up with Clarissa Chun, head coach of the Iowa women's wrestling program, as well as Felicity, just to kind of pick her brain before this weekend's big competition, right? The Iowa women's, um, you know, representative on Team USA, Team USA women's freestyle group at the World Cup. Pretty tough group, right? They're going to open up with China. Uh, China finished third at the World Championships in September. That's how they were able to qualify. Team USA took second. Uh, Japan obviously won the team title, and then you had Mongolia and Ukraine round out the top five. Those were the automatic team qualifiers, and then you've got the all-world team for both men's and women's freestyle. Just kind of they tried to make up, um, you know, the, 
teams of wrestlers that finished high at weights um, for countries that did not qualify, if that makes sense. Um, I know that was a little choppy. But, hey, U.S. women's freestyle team, pretty tough group. Um, Group B for the Women's Freestyle World Cup, China, and the all-world team. The all-world team has, um, it's just stacked, guys. Four different world champs, 10 total world medalists, I believe. Um, So really strong test there for Team USA, Um, especially when you consider that Team USA, it's not the full A team that went to uh, Serbia in September and took second at the world championships. So going to check out U.S. depth a little bit. Um, going to be some fun wrestling, going to be some high-level wrestling, going to be some really cool opportunities, I think, for, for the U.S. depth to shine a little bit against both China and the all-world team. U.S. men, they're in Group A of the Men's Freestyle World Cup competition. They will wrestle Mongolia and Georgia on Saturday. Group B includes Iran, Japan, and the men's all-world team. Um, so Group B in both competitions, pretty much, pretty pretty stacked. Um, but I think in the men's freestyle competition, if all goes according to plan, we'll see USA and Iran in the final on Sunday. Um, I know everybody really wants to see Japan and U.S. in the women's freestyle final on Sunday. We'll see if that ultimately comes to fruition. Um, Japan, a little bit of a younger team, but they, uh, they are the team to beat on the women's side. Six-time defending women's freestyle World Cup champs, if I remember that correctly off the top of my head. Um, so still very, very impressive. It's not the full A team that uh, dominated to a senior world team championship at the world championships in September, but you know, still have six age-level world champs that are going to be taking the mat and representing Japan. So very, very talented young team um, that Japan brought over here. So really excited to watch the action. Um, second half of today's show, we'll jump right into it. Got to catch up with Tom Brands this week. Iowa coach debriefed on the Cyhawk duel now that he's had a few days to kind of um, – you know, think about, you know, how that duel went down and was able to maybe watch some film a little bit. So we got to ask him a little bit about that. Um, Also talk to him about the Hawkeyes upcoming uh, duel meet on Saturday night against UT Chattanooga road duel meet. Um, So he, um, we know a little bit more now. I know he talked a little bit about 133 still being up in the air. It looks like it's going to be Colin Schriever that's going to get the nod there for the Hawkeyes, Um, you know, and then a couple other, um, a couple other fun tidbits just Hawkeyes heading into uh, the weekend, another dual meet for them. And then at the end, um, talk to him a little bit about the World Cup situation and it coming back to Iowa and just kind of what that means for Iowa City, Coralville area. And, um, you know, Tom had some good good answers there. And uh, just, you know, always, always good to hear and check in from the coaches on a weekly basis during the season. Um, so, yeah, we will jump to Tom now, second half of today's show. Hope you guys enjoy it, and I will see you on the other side to wrap it up. Yeah, Tom, after being able to look back on, on Sunday, what do you think you learned most uh, from your team overall um, from that duel? I think you got to be like, you got to be optimistic, but you also got to be realistic. We got to get a lot better. I've said that's um, several times this year. It's a common theme. Um, you know, I'm not one to really look at mat time as a, you know, we got to have more mat time and we'll be better and we'll be ready when it's time to go. I'm really not um, of that mindset. However, there's been some pretty extreme situations where we've missed a lot of mat time. So you got to keep it all in perspective. You got to communicate the right way to our guys. I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and pretend like I know exactly where we need to, 
you know, push buttons at. I, I know that we got to get better. And I know that our guys are up for it. They're up for that challenge. Cody? Um, regarding guys like uh, Colin, Abe, and, and Warner, those are guys you mentioned just need to finish shots. Um, when it comes to working on that, is that a technique thing in the room? Is that getting reps? Where do you, where do you go to, to help them with that? I think it's definitely that it's in the room. It's reps. I think it's uh, mentality. I think it's um, a little bit of getting rid of maybe once I'm in, that's when um, it gets easier mentality. You got to get rid of that mentality because once you're in on the leg, that's when the work starts. The closer you get to the finish, the harder the task becomes. And so you got to be so aware and so in tune. And it's almost like you're predicting where that opponent's going to be going. And so you're half a step ahead of him. And, you know, certainly fast finishes favor us. So I think we can pick up, you know, a couple different things there on what I just said, you know, a couple different things where, you know, I think you're right about the repetitions. I think it's got to be faster, but I also think that, you know, just because you get in on the ground, you're in on the ground, and then you come to your feet, that doesn't mean that guy's falling down. And we got to give ourselves more opportunities earlier, and you can't get yourself boxed into a corner at the end of end of periods or end of matches where you're rushing things. And I'm not even sure that Warner had to rush, you know, his situation at the end of the match there. He was in three times deep, didn't really get a sniff at him. He was in there three times deep in the last minute of the match. Um. I think that last shot, especially a little bit of patience would have, would have paid off. And, and so I just said patience and you got to finish faster, but I mean, you can have explosion with patience and, you know, being able to predict where your opponents go and where, what he's trying to do. Kevin. Uh, one thing I wanted to, to ask about was just Kobe Seabrecht. He's been so impressive. Uh, you know, just from jumping into the lineup for you guys at 157. Uh, <coughs> this is not to imply that that not everybody in your lineup is competing weekly for their spot in the lineup, but, you know, how much of his impressive showing thus far do you feel is because he's trying to prove something to you and the coaching staff? Well, I, I know that um, that's been conversation amongst fans and message boards or whatever. Um, I think he's definitely asserted himself, solidified himself. Uh, but I just keep telling him, hey, keep it going. Just mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep, keep it going. Um, and I think he's in a good place. I don't think that, you know, he's one that's going to let this, you know, just all of a sudden, oh, it's my spot and I can relax. I, I don't think he's that kind of competitor. But it has been. Uh, internal competition. There has been an internal competition there. He's done well with it. Thanks. Ross. Hey, Tom, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit um, about how, you know, Chattanooga, you know, the team, team that you got your, you know, staff has a little bit of history with, but how they ended up on the schedule for you guys. Well, we got them to come here last year. We told them we'd do a return trip. And so here we are, we're doing a return trip. Um, familiar with um, Coach Rochelle down there. 
Uh, Terry Brand's very familiar with that program. Um, I mean, he has a lot of relationships there from his former team that he coached. And then also, you know, some of those supporters that were down there with him. So um, it's good. The World Cup was there. Uh, our training camps for Atlanta were there. A lot of familiarity for for me as well. KJ? Uh, what's it been like working with Real Woods, um, you know, since he's gotten there and now part of the team? And, and how has he really, you know, in a short amount of time, essentially, really kind of meshed and become one of the guys? You know, he's one of those guys that is like, um, I mean, you ask him like, hey, how you doing? He looks at you like, why are you asking me that? I'm, of course, I'm doing fine. And it's 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 refreshing uh, because, you know, this is something um, in whatever. I mean, you could say for whatever reason, but, you know, an individual sport, elite level athletics, there's drama anyway. Um, you know, there's there's uptight people when the higher level you go, the more uptight sometimes they get. And he's pretty he's pretty in control of of his of his situation. Um, pretty cool. Cat. Knows he's got to get better. He's humble that way. He works to get better. He's hardworking. He's very intellectual. Um, and that's not, you know, to say that he's smart in school because everybody knows that story, but he's very intellectual in the sport of wrestling and how he approaches getting better, analyzing, watching, talking, listening, all those things. Darren? Coach, you, you've really stressed, you know, the fact about getting better. Uh, against Chattanooga, is there anything specific that you would want to see where you could measure that improvement? Um, like, for example, at 74, it looks like Nelson has what could be the marquee match. Or just what sort of things are you looking for in this duel? Well, when you have opportunities, go out there and, you know, put the put the hammer on it and and, you know, domination is an important quality and ingredient in, in the best competitors. And that's what we look for. Um, you know, we have lineup issues at 33. You know, I don't know what we're going to do there yet. Shriver or Ibarra. You know, we're still waiting on Teske to get back in there. Um, so, you know, we got that going on. Um, we just have to do what you do in December. You got to be patient and got to the right mindset with patience and optimism. Um, but don't be too patient. Cody? Um, I know you guys are in the thick of the college season. You got a duel coming up this weekend, but uh, the World Cup being in Coralville. <laughs> men's and women's freestyle, both being in action. Um, I, any, any thoughts on just the cool opportunity to bring high level freestyle, you know, back to Iowa city, Coralville area. Great. Great. Wrestle town, USA, wrestling town, USA, um, Iowa city, Iowa, Iowa city, Coralville, Josh Schamberger, uh, UWW, USA wrestling, the world's coming to Coralville. Uh, you, you said it, you said it best. It's international wrestling. It's the highest level. It's men and women in the same arena. 
first time that's ever happened for the World Cup. That's a big deal. And that doesn't happen by uh, just, you know, shrugging at it. It happens with leadership and forethought and months and months of planning and trips overseas um, to meet with UWW. I know Shammy and Luke Eustis um, have been very, very busy and, and working hard to make this thing go and not just make it go, but make it go at a high level. I mean, Iran's here. I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? So a lot of great things. Um, we'll be there Sunday, you know, we'll be in Chattanooga on Saturday and then we'll be, we'll be in that arena on Sunday. Is there a opportunity here for, um, you know, I know when Iowa announced the women's program, um, you know, very, everybody very excited just about the continued growth of girls and women's wrestling in the U S but to, to have the, the women's world cup here, um, there an opportunity just to continue the, you know, this seemingly endless ongoing movement for girls and women's wrestling, especially here in Iowa. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I look, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I agree with that, but I would add a little bit more to that too. I mean, you know, Terry Steiner is the head women's freestyle coach at USA wrestling. He's an Iowa Hawkeye alum and he had a great career here. I mean, you have uh, Bill Zadig, men's freestyle coach. He's, he was a Hawkeye. He had a great career here. Um, you know, wrestling's important here. Josh Schamberger loves wrestling. That's not, you know, that's not, uh, being around the bush and he's fostered relationships with UWW and USA wrestling. And, and he's a hard worker. I mean, Josh Schamberger is a hard worker to make things happen. So, you know, I don't know if it's, it's something that is, um, you know, like an ongoing, whatever natural, um, you know, keep telling the story of the growth of women's wrestling, but it is the first time and it is the highest level of wrestling. And it is in Iowa city, Coralville, um, area. So, and that, that happens because of a lot of energy from a lot of people, but not really a lot of energy from not very many people because without concerted focused energy from one or two or three people, this does not happen. The ball, balls get dropped quick uh, when you hesitate. And Josh Schamberger does not hesitate. I give him a lot of credit. Anything else for Coach? Hey, thanks. Have a good Christmas if I don't see you. Always appreciate catching up with Iowa wrestling coach Tom Brands. Again, the Hawkeyes wrestling Saturday night against uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. That's at 6 p.m. on Saturday. You can catch that on ESPN+. Plus. Um, if not, Hawkeye Radio Network will have you guys covered. Believe that they're up on YouTube now. Um, yeah, that's all we've got today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back next week. Maybe do a debrief on the World Cup. Uh, maybe check in, uh, you know, first couple of weeks of Iowa high school wrestling season. What have we learned so far? Maybe we'll try and have that conversation. And then as we progress through the rest of the month of December, try and catch up with, uh, um, with a couple of guys that maybe take the bird's eye view of the big 10 and the big 12 and, 
um, you know, what have we learned so far? What have we learned through the first handful of, uh, of competitions that we've seen from Iowa, Iowa State and you and I? What have we seen through, you know, this first month, first six weeks or so? What are we expecting to see? How does that set up the rest of the season? Because I know once we get into January and February, going to be a lot of conference competitions, a lot of conference duels, not as many tournaments. Um, so get back into a weekly routine. I know the holidays are always kind of weird when it comes to wrestling season. There's things kind of coming and going. Um, schedule ebbs and flows a little bit, So, but we're going to try and keep on a two-show basis per week. Um, maybe as we hit the week of Christmas, might drop down to one show a week, but I'll obviously keep you guys in tune with those plans. Until then, be sure to rate and review the show. I'd appreciate five stars and a nice comment uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Didn't get on YouTube this week. Uh, just kind of ran into uh, some busy schedules here between me and Dargan Southard. But do subscribe to the Des Moines Register and Hawk Central YouTube channels. Going to try and get back on YouTube next week. Also subscribe to the Des Moines Register to make sure that you guys don't miss any of our wrestling coverage this season, but especially this weekend with the World Cup coming up. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. Hey, thanks. Have a good Christmas if I don't see you.